Hi everybody, you're listening to The Rope Podcast with Box and Maya. Thanks for supporting the show. This is a show with adult content, so if you are not of legal age where you live, then turn off now. Rope bondage is a risky activity, and you shouldn't attempt it without first getting proper training. Listen to episode zero if you haven't already. Fox is a rigger, and Maya is a bottom. We are long-term rope partners who live in Bangkok, Thailand. We love to share our passion for rope with the wider community. This episode is made possible by our patrons who support us each month. If you would like to help, head to ropepodcast.com to see many options. This year, we want to focus on bringing the Rope Podcast to a wider audience. To achieve that, we would like to ask you to follow us on Instagram and reshare this episode in your Instagram stories. We are Rope Podcast on Instagram. Another thing that helps us is if you give us a star rating on Apple Podcasts. It's anonymous, so you won't have your name visible on the internet connected with a kinky podcast, don't worry. And now, going on with the show. Today, Maya, we are talking about values, which is something that is quite important to you and I and that we use in several areas of our daily life, right? We do. But today, we're going to talk about how they apply to rope bondage. Which I think is going to be really interesting for listeners. Okay. And so, Maya, what are values in the context of this episode? So, values are simply something that is important to you, a quality or a trait or an attribute that is important to you. So, for example, fairness could be a value. Okay. So, if I have fairness as a value, that means I care about being fair in the way I treat people. Yeah. And also people being fair to you. It's going to be something that's important to you in different aspects of your life. It's like a pillar. It could be. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and so in what areas of life have you encountered values? All the different areas. So I have worked with um, personal values, so when I'm coaching people, and also organizational values, so things that guide the culture of an organization. Um, and that could be a, a for-profit comp- company, a non-profit, um, or even a kink group. Okay, so if someone runs a kink group, they could say... The safety of my members is really important to me, so I'm going to make safety one of my values. Exactly. And how many values do individuals or organizations hold at the same time in your experience? So that is very much up to them. I think four for an individual is about right. Oh, and we also have relationship values. Okay, so you and I both have our individual values. We do. And on top of that, we also have values we share as a couple. Exactly. And that tells you one of the things that you can do with values, which is use them to guide people's behavior consistently. So if more than one person is holding the same value, then they're going to hopefully make decisions in the same way. Maya, how do we apply those values to rope? So we can use them in the same way that organizations, individuals, relationships use them, which is a guiding force that can help us decide um, between different options and decide what we want to do that can help guide our behavior. Okay, so we make decisions based on values and we choose our behaviors also based on values, right? Exactly. And it can also help us to communicate to others the things that are important to us. So we're going to talk later about the values that we decided between us for the Rope podcast Mm -hmm. and why we decided those. And they help us to share with the people who come on the podcast and our listeners what is important to us and, and what principles are guiding us. Okay. 
Let's take another example just to check I've understood. I'm going to a rope conference mm -hmm. and I have the option at nine o'clock between three different classes and I can't be all three of them because there's only one of me. So would I then use my values to decide which class to go to? You could absolutely do that, yeah. That would be um, a good way to decide. So that can be really helpful when you have three options that seem on the surface to all be good, mm -hmm. but they can help you decide, well, which of them is most important to you? Okay. And is there sometimes a conflict when you're trying to make a decision and one of your values pulls you in one direction, but another pulls you in the other? Yeah, I think that can definitely happen. And then it's a question of, well, what's more important in this context? Because sometimes context informs uh, what value is going to be the, the most prevalent one. Or sometimes it just means that they're equally good and it doesn't actually matter which you choose because both of them are good. I had another point I wanted to make. Go ahead. Um, which is that sometimes, well, often actually, certainly for me, our values are aspirational. What so does that mean? It means that um, we hold these values, but it doesn't mean that we're perfect at upholding them. Okay. Um, so uh, perhaps we have a value of courage, for example. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that we're looking to guide our behavior, but that doesn't mean that we're naturally courageous. It just means that that's what we want to do and be, and we want to show that in our behaviors, and we've identified that as being important to us. So it could be an area we want to improve in. It could even be. Even though we don't feel we're already amazing at it, we want to get better at that. We aspire to that. And I would recommend to people when they're choosing their values to not pick all very highly aspirational values because that might be more of a challenge for mm -hmm. them, but pick some values that are very comfortable and easy and a natural part of who you are and some values which are going to um, push you in, out of your comfort zone. Once you've chosen your values, is that something you share with other people or is that something you keep more secret, more personal? It's entirely up to you. So um, we shared our rope podcast values because mm -hmm. we wanted to show what the podcast, I guess, stands for, although that's not quite the right word, but what is important to us on the podcast. But our personal values and our relationship values um, aren't necessarily something that we broadcast to other people, although okay. I don't think we'd be averse to sharing them. Is a value system a bit like a creed or an ethos in the context of the podcast, for instance? Um, I think we've made ours into that. So a creed is something that you believe in. Mm -hmm. um, so is there a great difference between something you believe in and something that's important to you? Potentially, but I think we're more into semantics there. Okay. And in the context of, let's say, looking for role play, coming back to a more uh, practical <laughs> aspect, do I put my values on my profile? Is that something that's going to help me find partners? Um, it could be. Uh, and certainly what you will find is what I would call implicit values. So values that aren't spelled out to people. But when you read someone's, let's say, FetLife profile, mm -hmm. um, you can see you can pick out the kind of things that might be important to them. So I don't think there's any harm at all in doing that and sharing, okay, here's what's important to me. So for me, safety, for example, is important. So that is part of my uh, how I wrote bunny description. Okay, so it could be explicit, like you just have your values on your profile. Here are my four words, here's why I chose them. Or you could be more implicit and reading between the lines of a paragraph of text the person has on their profile, you would be able to deduce more or less their values. Yeah. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. 
And that can be complementary to things like labels and rope intentions that we mentioned in two past episodes. Yeah. In terms of choosing values, that's mm-hmm. a very personal thing to do. Um, what we often find is that um, it's a bit of a struggle for people to think of them. Um, and so there are lots of lists online um, which have a huge number of value options there. So it's like a list of words. Yeah, basically a list of words, yeah. And you can um, use that to generate ideas. And then you can use the thesaurus on top of those words and see if something suits you better. Okay, I choose eggplant, sunset, and liquidity. So you could absolutely choose those. Okay. So you, you're, you're teasing me, but actually you could, if those were important to you, they might be a bit more metaphorical. So mm-hmm. eggplant could mean to you... Um, I mean, I think you know what it could mean, Maya. Okay, that completely passed me by until you just said it. So apparently I don't know what it means. Um, You're a very innocent soul, and that's one of the many things I love about apparently you. Apparently I am. Oh, Maya is getting very, very red. So anyway, let's take liquidity. So liquidity could mean that you want to be someone who has money at any time and is okay. able to move around quickly um, with access to your money. So I think when you pick things that are very metaphorical, like mm-hmm. eggplant, Sunset. Sunset might be about enjoying the beauty of the world. They could be representational. Symbolic. Symbolic, yeah. My advice would be to pick something a bit more obvious. Okay. Uh, Like justice. Justice, fairness, courage, kindness, joy, uh, love, um, safety. These are all different values that you could have. Okay, excellent. Uh, can I get someone else to choose them for me or is that something you need to do yourself? I think that would be a mistake. I think um, it's better because it's about what's important to you. You might have someone ask you questions to help you come up with your values. And that's something I do a lot with coaching clients. Um, but in general, they're going to come from you. Hey guys, this is Fox coming in for a short break. We really want to share our love of rope to as many listeners as possible. And for that, we need your help. Please go to Instagram and follow our account Rope Podcast. Then reshare this episode in your stories. Show your love of rope and help others discover it too. All right, so Maya, you gave us a really good and interesting explanation of values into a more general context. Now let's really dive deep into the rope world and talk about them exclusively in the context of rope for the rest of this episode. So you mentioned the rope podcast has values. What are they? Um, All right, so we have a number of values. I think there's eight. Um, Yeah, so we really went for it, didn't we? We did go for it. Well, what we did was we sat down and before we came up with the kind of statements or words, we tried to brainstorm all the things that were important to us and then we narrowed it down into clusters. Now, that's partly because I'm a psychologist and so just a little bit, we can take a more um, uh, research based approach. But Mm -hmm. if you were doing it yourself, just choosing from the list of words, I think, is, is fine. Or you can hire Maya to facilitate (laughs) choosing your values. Um, All right. So the first one, um, we actually isn't just a word, but it's we love and accept all types of rope. And what does that mean to us? So that was super important to us because that means that as long as people in the scene have uh, informed consent, ideally enthusiastic informed consent, 
and it's within their risk profile, then any type of rope is cool with us. We so we're not going to say, boo, you're doing sexual rope, sexual rope is bad, only non-sexual rope is yeah. good. Yeah, or we're going to say Chinese rope only or Japanese rope only. Like this Or is jute not... only or yeah. TKs only. Exactly. Or... Okay, so we uh, try to include everyone who loves playing with rope within the scope of what we create. Yeah, exactly. So that was the first one. The second one is curiosity. So we are curious. We love learning, mm -hmm. as probably listeners um, can tell by now if they've been with us for the 140, however many episodes. We enjoy understanding and exploring new aspects of rope and applying different concepts in the world, such as values, to our rope life. Okay, so we use the podcast as an opportunity for us to learn new things and maybe share those things with our audience. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Um, we don't believe in rigid roles. Okay. So this is about the labels that we've we've talked about before. Mm -hmm. So um, although we happen to be a fairly mainstream uh, rope couple in that you're um, male identified, I'm female identified. Yes. We're both Caucasian. In some ways. So we ways, fit into this mold of dominant male, submissive female that yeah. is a bit of a stereotype. Exactly, exactly. But just because that is the experience from which we discuss rope, um, and we try to be as aware of that as we can be, mm -hmm. that doesn't at all mean that we think that all roles in rope have to be correlated with other roles in kink. Absolutely. We believe that any power exchange side of the slash can be any role in rope. You can be a dominant rope bottom. You can be any kind of gender and have any kind of interaction with rope. We don't put any limitations on exactly. that for sure. And you can be the first set on a Monday, the second set on a Tuesday, a different set on a Thursday. Like, you do you. All right. That sounds amazing. Um, and that leads to the next one, which is diversity. So we enjoy diversity in rope. Mm -hmm. We... we in we don't just accept it, we enjoy it. Um, and so we're looking for that openness um, in the way that we approach our conversations. And not having a one true way with rope, right? Oh, yes. Which can be challenging when you're doing a podcast and people kind of want you to tell them what to do and you want to give them advice and you want to give them actionable information. But at the same time, we don't want to give the impression that what we suggest is the only thing that's correct. Absolutely. Yeah, this is really important to us. So we try and look at issues and challenges and, and topics from lots of different angles. Mm -hmm. um, but we also try and caveat to you, our audience, our listeners, that, you know, we're still only two people talking from our own experience. And we absolutely know that. All right. What about our next value? So this is we are careful of myths and exaggerations. What would that be in the context <laughs> of rope? Well, there's a lot of everybody says that one true wayism, um, mm. and we are careful. Like again, we don't get it right always, but we're careful to get more than one perspective um, on topics. And we've had a number of episodes, like with Midori, like with uh, Fabiola, yeah, which look at some uh, commonly known truths, and I say that in italics, and go a bit deeper and understand what the myths are and what the reality is and try and understand it from the individual's perspective. Okay. What else? This one's really important to us again. We're mm -hmm. process, not goal orientated. Rope is a journey, Maya. Rope is a journey. You have to be willing to be a process. Mm -hmm. So we try not to see um, any scene as a failure 
Uh, we try to learn and we are looking at the experience of the scene as a whole rather than having an end goal in mind. Okay, that sounds very positive and constructive. What about risk? We share risk. This is number seven of our values. We believe strongly that both the top and the bottom and anyone else in the scene uh, contributes to both managing the risk and understanding the risk and responsibilities of those in the scene. So we are RAC, so okay. risk-aware consensual kink players. We very much understand that rope, no rope is safe. It will never be safe. It will never be safe. We mitigate risks as much as possible. So we try to understand what the risks are and we try to do something to reduce them while being aware they still exist. Yeah, we're really balancing um, the experience of rope and the, the joy and, and pleasure we get from rope with that risk and managing it as best we can. And then we take joint responsibility when, if and mostly when, sometimes things do go wrong. What about our final rope value, Maya? Our final rope value is probably obvious to all our listeners, which is that we love rope. Um, <laughs> we really do. We spend so much time doing it, learning about it, making a podcast about <laughs> it. Yeah. So it really um, brings us joy to have the podcast and to learn about rope and all of these things. And that's really important. So okay. that is our rope podcast values. But we also have some thoughts about our own values Personal values in rope. So Maya, would you be willing, and I appreciate that something that's quite intimate, would you be willing to share your personal rope values with our dear listeners? Yeah, so this isn't something that I've pulled out before quite as concretely, mm -hmm. um, but these were my thoughts. So the first one was connective. Okay. So for me, having rope is a, a process of more than one person. I'm not someone who self-ties. And again, okay. really important to understand that this is my personal values. So that does not mean everyone who has different values is wrong. Really, a lot it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> really, I can't say that strongly enough. Values are personal. So for me, um, it's important that my rope is connective with the other person. Mm -hmm. um, diversity is my second value. And that's both in terms of the people I tie with and okay. the type of rope that I do. So I enjoy uh, labbing. I enjoy tying with new people, with more experienced people. I enjoy floor work, suspensions. I enjoy modeling for photo shoots, which you photo shoots, seminawa, all these different kinds of rope. Um, I enjoy the diversity that rope brings. Mm. Um, the next one is experiential. So that for me is about being part of the experience. So trying to be as present as possible. It's almost mindfulness, but I didn't want to put that because it doesn't connect as well for me as this idea of experiential. Mm -hmm. And then my last one is joy because okay. I really love rope. Um, yes, and do. so I'm doing it for the joy and the love of it. And so that's important. Being tied with a smile. Being tied with a smile or um, a grimace, depending on um, the type of rope. Hmm. What about you, Fox? Would you be prepared to share yours? I'm always happy to share my, as you know, my first rope value is eggplant. <laughs> no, but really. All right. Uh, I couldn't resist the temptation of having all four of my rope values starting with the same letter. Oh my goodness. Because, you know, I'm a bit OC. At least they don't spell a word. Uh, not and, yet. And they could spell rope, R-O-P-E. Okay, I, I didn't think of that, but maybe if I had. No, my four rope values are slow, sensual, sustainable, and sexy. 
And let me tell you a bit more about what I mean by that. First of all, slow, because I am a very slow tire and that's something I'm okay with. I will never be a rope performer because people would die of boredom before <laughs> I finish the chest harness. But your partners don't because it's about the interaction with them. I would say partners who enjoy the process of tying like that because I really take my time. I'm really in the moment with them. I might take a break to like caress their cheek or play with some part of their body before I pick up the next rope. I'm really chill about the pace at which I tie. If a partner was someone who wants to be in rope but doesn't enjoy the tying, wants the tying to be finished as soon as possible so they could be in rope or they could be photographed in rope, which is as valid and I've met many people who relate to rope in that way, then I would be a terrible match for them. So that's actually a really good point because that's a way in which your values might inform the kind of people who want to tie with you. Absolutely. And I would be happy to discuss my values early in the interaction to see if I'm compatible with a potential person. My second value was sensual. And that is because for me, the main reason I do rope is to please my senses and the senses of the person I am tying. Touch. I love caressing skin. I love feeling rope running through my fingers smell. I love to smell the hair, smell the skin of the person I'm tying. Uh, taste, not as much unless I'm <laughs> fairly intimate with the person yeah. I'm tying. <laughs> uh, sound, I like having nice music. I like visually having a decluttered space to do rope, maybe some nice candles or some form of lighting. Like I want my rope to be a five senses experience as mm -hmm. much as possible. And yeah, that's one of the things I care about. Then sustainable, because I use rope for play or for photos. But in both cases, I want to have enough time either to do the playing or to take the photo. And for that, I am going to prioritize ways of tying that promote sustainability for the bottom. All right. And what's your fourth? And my fourth was sexy. Sexy. And what do I mean by that? No, not eggplant. <laughs> uh, I mean, I want to tie in a way that makes the person I tie look good and feel sexy and look sexy. So that means I'm probably not going to do things like face rope that distorts the features into some kind of monster, which honestly can be super cool if that's what you're into and more power to you. But no, I'm, I'm trying to... Enhance. Enhance the beauty I see in my partner. And uh, that means I'm not going towards things like humiliation and so on as much. I'm much more trying to bring out as much beauty as possible. Very interesting. So those were my four rope values. Thank Maya. you for sharing, folks. Uh, one last question before we conclude. Uh, if I decide I don't like some of my values anymore, am I allowed to change them? Or is that a lifetime thing? <laughs> you can absolutely change them. And I think we have changed our personal values a number of times. And what's interesting for me is I have found that maybe two of my values are completely consistent. They always stay the same. Mm -hmm. But sometimes the more aspirational values flex and change over time, depending on what I'm focusing on. That's so interesting. So Maya, it sounds like values are a very powerful tool that can guide both our decision-making and our behavior in the world of rope. 
Absolutely, they can. And they can also be useful to communicate to others what we care very deeply about. All right. So, dear listeners, if you were to select four values that describe your relationship to rope, what would they be? Please come and share them in the comments. Thanks for listening. And have fun tying.